0: Thank you, Callie. That's great. Thank you so much. Take your Bibles, to Genesis chapter 32, please. Genesis chapter 32. Glad you decided to stay today for the afternoon service. We won't keep you long. Um, we'll just uh, have a quick service here, but we'll give you something, to hopefully, be encouragement and challenge to you. Kids or adults, if you need a, a, a handout to take some notes on, just raise your hand. Pastor Levi is in the back there. I will let the kids know that today is a special day. Miss Jackie has something for the kids afterwards, all right? So we have for you a Tim Hortons gift card. On that gift card is enough to buy a small hot chocolate and a donut for each kid. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah. This is all you're going to get for the rest of the year, so enjoy it. <laughs> Fill it in. Groundhog Day discount. All of it is all filled up here. So hope you enjoy that. So afterwards, see Miss Jackie. Uh, even if you don't take notes today, we'll let you have one of those. But we encourage you kids to take notes, write something down, a word that you heard, or draw a picture of something. Uh, do something productive. I hope we can get something. This is what our family-style service. We, we enjoy this, look forward to this uh, every week, uh, to have our family sitting together, kids in big church. We used to call this big church, and so the kids get to be in big church and hear uh, a message from God's Word. And so... Excited about that. I do want to say one thing just before I begin the message about Mrs. Thompson. Mrs. Thompson was uh, growing up I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. How many, let me ask this question, how many uh, did not know Roy and Faith Thompson, do not know Roy and Faith? I know a number of people that don't know them. All right, they're members of our church actually for about, I don't want to say six or seven years. When he retired from pastoring in Cleveland, they moved up here, joined our church and used our church as a center to, as he traveled and Mrs. Thompson came and served and worshiped and fellowship at our church and so many of you know mrs thompson and uh, a great godly lady great example and uh, so i just want to say uh, publicly how much i appreciated her testimony and uh, one of my favorite quotes from mrs thompson was this someone said to her do you ever disagree with your husband i mean he's a pastor and he makes the decisions do you ever disagree with your husband she said if i do you'll never know that's a great question. That's a great answer. And she did. Believe me, she did. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> and uh, so it, it was unique for me because I saw him as my pastor. The church in Cleveland was around about 1,200, 1,500. So it was a big church, and I saw him as this, you know, life you know, bigger than life character, and you know, I saw him on TV at times and different things, and I saw him like a great leader. And then he moved to St. Thomas and he was uh we would joke that he was my assistant, and we make that joke, and we were, we had that kind of different relationship. I remember going golfing with him for the first time and I saw him cheat, and I realized he was a man like every other man. <laughs> and he wasn't even joking, was he, Neil? He he was really a cheater. <laughs> and he was a great man of God. We we loved uh uh, Mr. Thompson, Pastor Thompson, and now Mrs. Thompson, who's gone to be with the Lord. And so we're thankful for her legacy and her life. And I hope and pray that, that uh, my life will, will measure up, uh, not just to her life, but to my Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what we're aiming for, right? So here in Genesis chapter 32, we'll be there in just a minute. Um, the Bible says in Psalm 121, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. And so while you're sleeping, God is working. (laughs) I want you to understand that. God does not take a day off. He does not take a a rest anymore. He he worked for six days and the seventh day he rested. I think he's been working ever since. And so he's always working. We heard that even in the message this morning from Pastor Yeomans. God is working. And so God works through the night hours. We've been talking about this in our afternoon sessions. Uh, We'll probably finish it up today and then start something in the new year. I think we have, I think, I think Keith Lariah is going to speak for us. On an afternoon, yeah. So next week we have communion, and then Brother Lariah is going to bring the word for us. We're excited about that. Good to have these young men that uh, are going to preach for us, so good to have that. And then in the new year we'll start something different. But here, looking at God working through the night, we've seen uh, God working in the twilight, through the midnight hours, through the middle of night, and we'll see that again today. Today we're going to look at a midnight meeting like nothing else described in the Bible. It's a unique story, really, if you think about what happened here in this midnight meeting and we're going to talk about struggling through the midnight hours. Struggling through the midnight hours. Have you ever struggled through the midnight hours? Have you ever laid awake thinking, I, I wish I could sleep, but uh, I'm struggling. This, this is, i got something on my mind, something on my heart. Uh, going back to Dr. Thompson, thinking of him when he was here in Canada, he uh, got leukemia and was in the hospital uh, up in London. And great man of great faith, but he said, he said to me, the devil comes knocking at night. He said, when everybody else is all gone, it's just me Alone in my bed, the devil comes knocking. Have you ever had that struggle, that that battle in the middle of the night? Well, this is a, a wrestling match here—not with the devil, but a wrestling match with uh, with God here in, in Genesis chapter thirty-two. We're going to talk about this this pivotal point in uh, the life of Jacob, Jacob, whose name means supplanter or schemer or manipulator—someone who's always manipulating their way through life. Maybe you know somebody like that. Maybe you, in fact. If we're honest with ourselves, we're all like that some ways, manipulating our way through life. And here is Jacob, who's known as a deceiver or supplanter or manipulator. In a few minutes, we're going to read through the story of this wrestling match. I thought I'd like to illustrate that today. So i have Pastor Yeomans and, and Pastor Levi come up here. We're going to have a wrestling match between Pastor Yeomans and Pastor Levi. How many want to see that that wrestling match? (laughs) I'd pay good money to see that wrestling match. Because Pastor Levi is big and bruising. And Pastor Yeomans is what I call farm boy strong. I mean, you you don't mess with a farm boy. So that would be a good wrestling match. We're not going to do that today. That would be probably more enjoyable than the message, but not as beneficial. All right. And so this wrestling match we're going to see here between Jacob and God. But this is not Jacob's first wrestling match. I want you to understand this. I won't take time to develop this, but to give you some points here through... In Genesis 25, the Bible says that Jacob and his twin brother Esau struggled together even before they were born. So think about it: Even in the womb, Jacob was in this wrestling match with his brother, and he comes out holding onto the ankle, right? We, we know, and the Bible uses those terms that he, they struggled together in the womb. And so Jacob and Esau before they're born are in this wrestling match. He wrestled and manipulated his way to the birthright and the blessing, right? Two separate instances. He sold, Esau sold his birthright and then deceived the father for the blessing, right? We know that. So he's manipulating his way through life in this wrestling match to get those things that he wants, even with the help of his mother. He wrestled with Laban his father-in-law for, for marriage. Remember, he was going to work and, and uh, Laban deceived him and gave him Leah instead of Rachel. He had to work seven more years. So this wrestling match with his father-in-law, That's uh, this relationship that always had a little bit of strain and stress on it and began with deception on behalf of his father-in-law, had this wrestling match going on. And the Bible even says that he wrestled with Laban over the cattle. He worked for Laban. And Laban, the Bible says, Jacob says, You've changed my wages 10 times. 10 times in this course of this relationship, Laban is like deceiving and manipulating, and Jacob's deceiving and manipulating. So he has this ongoing battle. And then, chapter 31, he makes peace with Laban. And he's headed to meet up with Esau. And his whole past is kind of catching up to him at this point, right? So I want you to kind of build up to this, this climax, this, this point of his life where he's just made peace with Laban. And on his way, he's, Esau is on his way to meet him. And this is where he has this wrestling match with God in Genesis chapter 32. So let's read there in verse number 24. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said to him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hath prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And so here we have this wrestling match. With uh, The Bible calls him here a man. Jacob says, no, I've seen God face-to-face. In the book of Hosea, chapter 12, uh, it reiterates this, and he calls it an angel. And so we believe, after studying, I believe it is uh, a God appearance, as God's messenger if nothing less but God. He said, I've seen God face-to-face. He's pretty clear. This angel, man, God, blessed him. Uh, so I, I believe this is a wrestling match with God. Have you ever wrestled with God about something? Has God ever called you to do something and you wrestled with him about it? You knew what was right to do, but you kind of argued with him and you wrestled with him? Have you ever laid awake at night and just wrestled through something, trying to get a hold of God and and trying to lay, maybe you're laying hold of God and say, God, I just need your blessing. I just need you to help me. I can't get through this alone. I need you. And you had that wrestle. You know what I'm talking about? This is Jacob and this match here. What can we learn from this match? Number one, Wrestling with God will bring you to the end of self. When you truly wrestle all the way with God, the end result is it brings you to the end of self. All of his struggles have led him to this point. And this really, we, from the way you read it, we read it, we believe it's a physical and a spiritual wrestling match. Again, unusual. This is like unprecedented in the Bible. There's not another category, another story that says, oh, this is like Jacob's wrestling. This is different. For whatever reason, God appears, they have this wrestling match, and it's physical and spiritual. Hosea 12.4 describes it this way. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept. And made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. He we- so as he's wrestling, he's weeping. So it's not just his physical battle. This is an emotional, this is an all-in, emotional, spiritual, physical battle all night long. Here Jacob is wrestling with God. Because usually when you're wrestling with somebody physically, if you're crying, it means you're losing. <laughs> but here, as he cries, he's winning. He's holding on to God. And he comes to the end of self. And we'll not wrestle physically, but we all wrestle spiritually, wrestle in prayer. Didn't the Apostle Paul wrestle in prayer about his thorn in the flesh? He said, I've asked the Lord three times to take this away from me, and he hasn't yet. I mean, can you imagine the Apostle, hearing the Apostle Paul pray what that sounded like? Sometimes we meet together for a public prayer, and I like to listen to our men pray or our ladies pray. Can you imagine hearing Paul pray? God, I had this thorn in the flesh. I've asked you twice already, and you've said no. But Lord, if you just, can you imagine that wrestling match as, as the Apostle Paul grabbed hold of the throne of God and begged God for a deliverance, and God said, no, I'm not going to deliver you from that. He wrestled and wrestled and wrestled until he came to this conclusion that when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. This thorn in the flesh is a blessing from God. But he had to wrestle his way through that. He, he didn't come to that conclusion day one. He wrestled himself to that conclusion. And sometimes you have to wrestle yourself to a conclusion with God, that God, you brought this in my life, and I accept it as your will. I don't like it, I don't love it, but I accept it, and your, your grace is sufficient for me at this moment. And when I'm weak, then it's when I'm strong. There, there, if you're going to grow in your spiritual life, there's going to be wrestling matches that you have to go through. And no one likes that, but growth only comes through these wrestling times in your spirit. And so I hope that you can say, look back and say, no, there's been some wrestling matches that I've had, and, I, and I've gotten through them, and God's been good to me. And I tell you what, there's some more wrestling matches ahead of you if you want to continue to grow so we can see that wrestling will, with God will bring you to the end of self. And I believe Jacob finally came to the end of self, where he only he understood all I need is God, is God. Number two, wrestling with God will change you. Wrestling with God will change you. Here we know in this story that Jacob walked with a limp the rest of his life. There was a physical change. And this is uh, known and noted by all of Israel because even the way they, they ate afterwards was different because of the way Jacob walked. Right? So this, this became a huge impact in the nation of Israel uh, when they ate the sacrifices didn't eat certain part because of the limp that Jacob had. So this was a, a changing experience for Jacob. Every day that he got up and walked with that limp, he would remember this wrestling match with God. But there's also a name change. See, his name was Jacob, and before that, it was mean supplanter, struggling, manipulating his way through life. But I want, I want you to get a, a, a true picture here of Jacob's life. Because it's easy for us to sit here and say, Jacob, the deceiver. Remember, Jacob deceived his dad, and, and Jacob deceived Laban, and Jacob did this, and, I, and we, we paint this picture of Jacob being the deceiver, and it's true. But going along the same time as this, I want you to understand other things that happened in Jacob's life during this time. It wasn't all that bad, because even during this time as Jacob the supplanter, he had a dream about a ladder going to heaven. He had this experience. Of, I mean, God gave him that dream, so it wasn't like this, you know, Jacob the supplanter and then Israel the prince. It wasn't wasn't that that drastic. He, he did have a walk with God that in, involved even a dream of an, a ladder to heaven. He had that. Uh, When he's with Laban, God tells him to leave Laban to get out. It's time to get away from your father-in-law. The relationship's going bad. So God spoke to him very clearly, and and he obeyed God and moved away from Laban. Even in chapter 32, verse number 1, as he uh, leaves Laban, and he uh, he prepares to meet Esau, and angels of God meet with him. So he has this ongoing relationship. So think about this. Here we have Jacob. He has an ongoing relationship with God. That coexists at the same time that he's manipulating and struggling his way through life, and I think that describes a lot of Christians. We, I mean, we come to church. And we not saying you don't have a prayer time and a, a devotional time, but we also have this other side of us that struggle and manipulate and can't let go of certain things, and we hold on to and we hold on to and hold on to, and meanwhile we do have a relationship with God, and so it's okay. It's possible to have both those going on at the same time. That's Jacob. But here, when he met with God and finally came to the end of self, it was a change. And God says, now your name will no longer be Jacob, but I'm going to call you Israel. Israel. And Israel means one who wrestles with God or has the power of God on him. Or uh, here it talks about being as a prince, you have power with God. He calls him a prince. And that's, let's look at verse 28 again just so we get the context. And he said, Thy name shall be no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. All right, kids, let me ask you this question How do you become a prince? Hmm? How can you become a prince? How, why is somebody a prince? Do you know? Who's a prince? Tell me what, what? Give me a definition. Girls, you looking for Prince Charming? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. Okay. How how you become what's a prince? What do you think? Right? Did you catch that? He a "Son of a king." See, you really don't do anything to become a prince. You just—it's all about relationship, right? Does that make sense? Yes, certainly. If you if you're a guy and you married a princess. You become a prince because of the relationship you now have with the king. The prince is only defined by relationship. You can't struggle your way through and force your way through and manipulate your way through to become a prince. You become a prince because of relationship. Because of your relationship to the king. Now let me make this application. I think it's so clear to us. Before he was characterized by struggling and striving his way through life, And from now on, he's going to be defined by his relationship to the king. Right? Boy, if we would all come to that point, and maybe tonight you need to have a wrestling match with God in your bed through the night and say, God, I'm sick and tired of wrestling my way through and striving to do this and trying to do that. I'm just going to rest in my relationship with you. You are my king, and I bow before you, and I give my life to you, and I I want my life to be wrapped up in my relationship, not what I can do for you, but in who you are. See that's Jacob, and see, at this moment, at this time, where he's he's hanging on for dear life. He says, "I'm not going to let you go." To you, bless me. I'm, I'm sick and tired of this old life that I've that I've struggled through. Again, it hasn't been terrible. He has a relationship with God. This would not be like our salvation experience. This is like him coming to end of self, realizing his relationship to Almighty God, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And from that time on, he has this relationship. As a prince, you'll have power with God. All of us need to wrestle with this. Will we manipulate our way through life or rest in our relationship with the king? We have to wrestle with that. I've had some pretty good wrestling matches with the Lord over the last few months. The last, this, my year has been uh, unusual, challenging, different. Haven't, has yours? The last three years. Let's go back before COVID. Have you had some challenging times? Has there been times you had to get alone with God and wrestle your way through things? Have you ever shut out everybody else and said, I'm just going to go be alone with God because i got to figure something out. I need to wrestle through this. And you come out. It's all yours, God. I walk out of here as a prince in a great relationship with a king, and you got this under control. This is this wrestling match we have here. Wrestling with God will bring change in your life. One last thing. Wrestling with God will bring God's blessing. Wrestling with God will bring God's blessing. He says here, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Think back, you know, about Jacob. Isn't that what he wanted all along? Wasn't that why he deceived his dad? I want the blessing. I want the blessing. I want the blessing. Let's go back even further. While they're in the womb, did not... God tell his mother, the elder shall serve the younger. God already had planned that Jacob would be the one that would be blessed. And he's struggling. He wants the blessing. He wants the blessing. He wants the blessing. And he had to realize the blessing comes only in my relationship to the Father, to the King. And God's blessing is upon him. God. And even through this time, God still had blessed him along the way. Genesis chapter 30, verse 27. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy eyes, tarry." For listen to this. For I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. Laban said, don't go. You're my lucky charm. I need you here, man. If you leave, God's blessed. I know by experience that you, God has blessed me for thy sake. And God has blessed Jacob. And here he leaves this wrestling match. Blessed of God. Can I tell you, God wants to bless his children. Kids, can I tell you this? God wants to bless you. He does. It, he doesn't. Your life's not going to be perfect and easy, but he wants to bless you through those difficult times. Adults, God wants to bless us. We're his children. And the blessing didn't come because he struggled and manipulated his way through life. It came because he was willing to wrestle through the night with God and come to Himself. And just trust the Lord and say, I trust you in this relationship. And that's when God's blessing came. Have you ever wrestled with God? Are you willing to wrestle with God? This all happened in the beginning. It said, and Jacob was alone by himself. Can I encourage you this week, get alone with God and wrestle through some things. You're bitter about something? Wrestle that with God. You're upset about something? Wrestle that with God. You've been hurt? You feel like you haven't got a fair shake? Wrestle that with God. You just feel like no matter what, you you can't get ahead? Wrestle that with God. You know what I'm saying? Get along with God, walk through some things, and walk out of there in a relationship with the king that brings you blessing. Not because you're working and manipulating your way, but because you trust in the God of heaven who is your heavenly father and your king are you willing to get alone with god and come to the end of self struggling through the night like jacob did would you bow your head and close your eyes it's an unusual story very unique sometimes even hard to figure out and, and read different things and understand But God included it here for a reason for us, for us to learn something. How many today would say, maybe you're here today this this, this afternoon thinking, I'm going through a struggle, right? I'm I'm struggling through something right now. I need to struggle through, I need to get alone and get alone with God and figure this thing out. I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll do that. Maybe in your life you look back and think, I've just been struggling my life and trying to please everybody and please this and please that. What I need to do is get along with God, wrestle with the fact that I'm a, I'm a prince of the king, and walk out in the right relationship and trust him to bless you. God's going to work in your life and in your heart. Maybe through the middle of the night, maybe in broad daylight. But don't be afraid to wrestle with the Lord. I love Jacob here. He held on and said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. What if you locked yourself in, in your room and said, I'm not even here until I get some things straight. I got some sin in my life I've been dealing with for a long time and I keep having, I keep losing. I'm going to lock myself in this room until I get done with this. I'm going to wrestle this thing out. Get alone with God. Get a hold of God. And let God change your life. Heavenly Father, we we give this time over to you. We ask that your word will be uh, fitting in our life and ap- applicable to our life and help us to think about these things this week. And Lord, I pray that as we get a hold of you, that you reveal yourself to us. And Lord, please bless your children. Help us to be a great example of Jesus Christ to those around us. In your precious name we pray.